Rabosai, we are in Daf Gimel Ahmed Aleph, but we're starting from Daf Beis Ahmed Beis, the last three words on the page. I want to correct the way I said the Gemara yesterday, and that is that, and it's my fault because I was looking at other books. The, the, we discu- we, the discussion, I think, should be less emphasized as a debate about whether Rabbi Yehuda or Rabbi Huna are correct in what they're saying, but rather it's a debate about the original proposition of the Gemara that Rav Yehuda and Rav Huna were speaking literally. And those of Rav Huna really meant when he said light, he really meant, he meant, he meant uh, Nagi, when he said light, he meant daytime as opposed to night. So the debate is really, did they really have such an argument or was it just a matter of language? So as you're gonna see today, after we keep bashing and bashing and bashing, we finally say, listen, it's not true. They're not having a literal argument, they're just expressing themselves differently. So the whole, I think that the whole discussion is really just a debate to knock out the idea that they meant a literally explicitly what they said. Okay? So let's, and that makes the whole thing much easier. Macy um, Marzucha, so he said, Marzucha, also he, here he raises the difficulty, the same proposition. Now, okay, just to explain simply, a woman, when she gives birth to a girl, she's unclean for a minimum of 14 days. Let's say she's 14, she gets clean, she goes to the mikvah, and then she has 66 days where even if she sees blood, that blood is tar. We don't do that today, but from the Torah, that's the law. That goes up to 80 days. After 80 days, the next day, on the 81st day, she has to bring sacrifices, the sacrifices, and also, after, after that time, the blood she sees again makes her, makes her tummy again, like it, like it used to before she, would, before she had... Uh, had been in that time what we call damtar of, of, uh, of clean blood. So we have a problem because on the one hand, what, happen, what happens on the night, what, what happens on the night between the 80th day and the 81st day? On the one hand, you could, you could say, listen, what would be the law if she, get, what happened if she became pregnant during that time and she gave birth on the 81st day? Okay, then so what happened was she'd have to wait till after the time when she's, after the time of the sacrifice from that time, she'd have to bring two sets of sacrifices, one for the second pregnancy, one for the first. But let's say she'd had a pregnancy and she gave birth before the 80th day, so then she would, then she would have brought one set of sacrifices and that would, have been, that would have been fine. So the question, now we have a problem, why? Because on the one hand, the night between the 80th and the 81st day, if she sees blood, that blood is already unclean, just like it would be on the 81st day. On the other hand, she's not able to bring her sacrifice until the daytime because we can't shech the sacrifice at night. So when we say the law is that if she gave birth before the, before, if she gave birth before the 81st day, she'd bring one set of sacrifices. And she gave birth on the 81st day when she'd have to wait and bring two, one for the first pregnancy, one for the new one because it came after, after she had to bring the sacrifice to the other. We don't know what's the law. And that one in between time of the night, on the one day, it's after the time where she, where she, has, where she has carte blanche and all her blood is clean. The, 80, the night of the, the eve, the night between the 80th and 81st. On the other hand, she hasn't reached the time where she could bring the sacrifices for the first pregnancy because it only happens in the morning. So we debate what's the status. All this, why I'm telling you, because the law, the point of this quote is really for the language of or, but let's just see, okay? So we said, I'm a woman miscarried, okay, the night of the 81st, the night of the 81st. Uh, or, you know, the eve of the 81st, Beishame poetry, Beishame says what? That she is exempt from bringing, she's exempt from bringing the sacrifices, okay? Uh, because, well, why? Because it's still before she could bring sacrifices for the first pregnancy. Basil Mechaibin, Basil says, no, she has to bring, she has to bring sacrifices, uh, uh, an extra step for the second one. Okay, now, 
and, and that we continue, but we already saw what we wanted. Well, let's continue. So Amrulaham was How can you say how can you say that she doesn't have to bring the sacrifices a second set? Here's the key point. Pardon me. Here's the key point. So he says, what's the difference between or the the or of the 81st day and the day of the 81st day? So you see, or is differentiated from day. That's the real point. But the, now back to the real the, the, their discussion was they said, what's in between the eve of the 81st and the 81st? He says, Im the the same way that the night of the 81st is the same as the day of the 81st, that just that like if she saw blood on the day of the 81st, she, it's it's unclean blood. Also on the eve of the 81st, you also agree that it's unclean blood. Laishwa the carbon shouldn't have the same rules as far as the carbon, and just, just the same way, if she gave birth on the day of the 81st, she would have to bring a second set of, of sacrifices for the new pregnancy. So too, if she gave birth on the, on the eve of the 81st, she would have to. But the main point is what we just differentiate between or of the 81st and morning of the 81st. I mean, to come from the fact that Beis Hillel said the Beis that's I preempted that part. From the fact that Beis Hillel said the Beis Shammai, Ma'ishlo Or Shmoni Be'achem Be'Yom Shmoni Be'achem. What's the difference of the eve of the eighty-first of Or of the eighty-first from the day of the eighty-first? Okay, Shmami no Or Ortu. That's clear as a bell. That Or means what the evening time and not the daytime. Again, we're going to say the same thing. May see again. May see Kasha. I'll show you again that Rav Puman can't be literal what he's saying. Yochol Yehi Nechol Or Shlishi. Okay. Here we have sacrifices that that you eat one day and. The, and, and, and one, one day uh, and it's night. Okay, and you have sacrifices that you eat one day, it's night, the next day, and the next day. Okay, so some sacrifices are two days with the night in between. The other sacrifices are one day and one day and, the, and, the, and it's night. So now, so we want to know, Macy, they want to know, we have about a carbon shlomim, a carbon shlomim has th- today, the day, the day that, you, that you, you, you put the blood, that night and the next day. Now the question is, and we know that the third day has to be by the third day is going to have to be burned. What happens between day two and the third morning? Okay, and, and day three in the morning. You might think what that you can eat this sacrifice shlomim that it says today you can eat it and tonight you can eat it and tomorrow you can eat it. Okay, you would think can I eat it tomorrow night? Okay, before I have to burn it the next morning. Okay, yeah, because I eat it the or again the eve of the third morning of the third day. But dinu come, I'll bring you a logical argument and I'll show you. We say, listen, zivachim. Okay, things like a carbon toda, which are only one day and one night. Nechalim the yom echad. They're okay. They're only they're they're able to be eaten one day. Ushlamim nechalim the shnei yamim and ushlamim you can be eaten two days, like you told today, tonight, and tomorrow. Okay, and we say malahal just when it came to, for example, like the carbon toda, that it's only one day and a night. Achar. Just like over there, where it's only one day, but the night follows the day, so you can eat it today when you sprinkle the blood, and tonight, all the way till the next morning. So the night follows the day. Afkana say the same thing by the shlomim, which is today, tonight, tomorrow, and since okay, we said let also let the day of the the night of the second day, just like by atoda, the night follows the one day. Let by let by the shlomim, the night follow day two. So you can eat it all night after day two until the third morning. So the night will follow the day. Talmud Lomer says no, but nevertheless, even though you would think such a thing that you can't, nevertheless the pasuk said. It says on the day that you sacrifice it, and the, and and the and the now the, the continuation is, and what's left over until the third day. Okay, really means what? 
says, you know, I might have said the wrong third or, third or fourth the other day, but it doesn't matter. And, and, now we, and what's left over, but we're going to read it instead of adyom, like odyom, what's left over as long as it's still day. Okay, who nechal, that's eaten. You can't eat it the eve of the third, the eve of the third day. So you only get one. So you only, so, so you say, in this particular case, the night doesn't follow the second day because we read it adyom, odyom. You can eat it the second day so long as it's still there, but you can't eat it that night. Ah, Now, if that's true, he says, if you're saying already what, that, 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 uh, that you can't eat it, maybe you have to burn it already that night. I burn it already the eve of the third day and I don't wait till the morning. But didn't said, it would make logical sense. When it comes to what, for example, some sacrifice like a carbon toad, which is one, which is one day and a night, you can eat a day and one night. And Shlomim was eating the two days and the one night. Today, tonight, tomorrow, just when it came to a toda. Since it's, look, it's today, tonight, till the morning. So you see, and I can eat it all night. And the second I can, and, and, and the second I can stop eating, which is the next morning, I have to burn it. So I think the same thing by the Shlomim. That it's today, tonight, tomorrow. And since I have to stop eating it tomorrow evening, tomorrow evening, uh, so I should also burn it already tomorrow evening because it, just like by the toad you burn it right after you're not allowed to eat it also by the shlom you should burn it right after you're not allowed to eat it the eve of the, of the third Talmud Lomar says what's left over from the, from the meat of the sacrifice on the third day you see what you see what so it says it, it's on the third on the third day it's burned in the daytime it's uh, 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 the daytime you burn it you don't burn it at night but what's the main point for us when, uh, really the quote is not for the law but rather for the language. You would think you should eat the or of the shlishi, and it's clearly talking about the evening following the second day. Alma or urtuhu. Okay, so it's clear that it's talking about what? Because, because... It's clear that you have to burn it on the third day, so or has to be the nighttime and not the daytime. Alma, we're talking about burning it, Alma or Urtu. So it's clear that what or means or to the evening. Shema, we know indeed you hear that. Toshma, again, another point, was the, another point, the same thing. He says, he said, we learn, or shall Yom HaKippurim, here, all of our, except for the, except for the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah, all the holiday, holiday in Shabbos, Shemon Esrei's, or we call seven brachas, three in the beginning, our normal three, our normal ending, and instead of the, instead of the, instead of the, instead of the middle, they're all collapsed, they're, they're all one bracha, okay, and that's called main shev, it's like, it's like, pardon me, it's a, it's, it's a seven bracha Shemon Esrei. So now he says, Tosh, what's the order of Yom Kippur? Or Shemon Yom Kippurim, or we're going to see what's in the evening of Yom Kippur, okay, Ms. Paolo Sheva, you make a Shemon Esrei of seven brachas, like we said, Umisvada, and you say Vidui. Shachwis, Ms. Paolo Sheva, Umisvada, Shachwis of Yom Kippur, we have a Shemon Esrei of seven brachas, and Vidui. But Musa, Ms. Paolo Sheva, Umisvada, Musa, we have a Shemon Esrei of seven brachas, and Vidui, and we make confession. But Mincha, Ms. Paolo Sheva, Umisvada, by Mincha time, we daven a Shemon Esrei of seven brachas, Umisvada, and we, and, we, and we confess. But Arvis, in, in, in Marif, following Yom Kippur, Ms. Paolo, Ms. Paolo, you say what Ms. Paolo, the first three, the last three, and then even though it's already here, it's a weekday, you should say all the middle brachas. No, we say Habineinu, which is the which is the abridged, all the middle brachas abridged into one single bracha called Habineinu. Rabbi Hanina, why? Because, they, come on, they've been fasting all day, give them a break. Get these, get these guys out of here, get them home. Rabbi Hanina, Omer, he says, no, Misham Avosi, he said, name his fathers, Ms. Paolo, Shemon Esrei, Shlem, no, even Motsi Yom Kippur, you have to say a full Shemon Esrei. Since you have to say the, the, the Havdalah prayer that we say after, after a holiday, and you have to put it into Chonin Adas, I have to have the separate Chonin Adas to stick it into. Alma, but the main point is what? 
or to who? Okay, okay, Shmuel. Here, clearly, from this context, there's no way to learn it except what? Or okay, it has to be what? It has to be the evening of Yom Kippur, and has to be nighttime. Shmuel, indeed, that's a proof. Toshma again. I'm going to say it. The Tani Debei Shmuel. We learned in the Yeshiva of Shmuel, which is really quoted Tani Debei Shmuel. But Leil Arbasar. Look at look how he's teaching. Look how he look how he's teaching. Uh, look how he's teaching this brisa. Beleil Arbasar on the evening of the fourteenth. Bod kinesa chametz l'arneir. We check the chametz to light the candle. You can't get away from that. He said. He said the law that we know and love as R. He said is what is leil is nighttime. Alma, which goes to show R orto. You see the word R. Our mission has to be what orto has to be evening. Okay. So now after after all that, we banged it out. It can't be that they have a literal argument, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Huna about whether whether or is nighttime or not. It can't be, it's, there's no question that or it has to be nighttime. So what is it, what? Ela bain rav huna, bain rav yehuda, whether it's rav huna or rav yehuda, the kuli ama or urtu. Everybody, there was never any argument, everybody holds that or in our Mishnah means nighttime. Below Pligan, there's no argument whatsoever between them. Rather, what? Mar, uh, mar kiatre, mar katre. Each one expressed themselves in the language of where they live. Biasre de rav huna, karu nage, Okay, in in the, where Rav Huna lived, they always called night Naga. They called it light. Okay, it was a, it was a euphemistic, pleasant way because as we're going to see, we always try to speak in a very positive way. So over there, they always they didn't they didn't say night. They said Naga. They said the light, the time of light. They said light. They said Lely, evening or nighttime. But the answer is what that there was no argument. They were both referring to night, just with different language. I have a Let me say, Kasha, if you're really going to say that there's a more refined way to speak by calling nighttime lighttime, my time of Lokatani. So why the. Pardon me. Pardon me, the other way. I'm sorry, I, I, I preempted. Vatani did on my time elokatani lately. Why didn't our time learn lately just like, just like Shmuel taught it, like a Lebrisa? Lishtami Ayasa, who did not get the answer, but because he used a refined language. He taught us, and this is the principle we're going to be dealing with in the next while. A person should never take something unpleasant, uh, unpraiseworthy out of his mouth. We see that the Torah took a detour of eight letters. It added eight letters to the Torah, not to say something negative. Shinemar, as it says, when it talked about the animals in the ark, it says from the animal that's, that is clean and from the animal that is, that, is, that is not clean. Now, what it could have just said, what, from the animal that's tame? And what would have happened in which, in, in, in which in, in, okay? And therefore, in which case, and that would have saved it, that would have saved it, Eight letters, okay, by saying the Amalek, but rather it, didn't, it wanted to teach us to speak in a lofty manner. Rav Papa Armar Teshe says, really, it's eight letters. It, it's really nine letters. Why? Okay, okay, okay. Pardon me. He says nine letters, I'll show you. And I'll show you another case where the Torah went out and detoured nine letters to, to speak in a more refined way. Because it says, There'll be a man among you who won't be clean from an inc- from a nighttime incident. Okay, and it didn't write Tomei. Okay, instead of writing just Tomei, one little word, three letters, that he's unclean, it said, Asher lo yator, who will not be will not be clean. So therefore, you're going to get what? You're going to get nine letters difference. Ravina, you do the math, the arithmetic you'll see. Ravina Omar, Esri says, the truth is, he says, you know, it's really ten letters. Why? Because, because, okay, vav the tar, because really, because you have the, the tar is written not, not written in the short way, tes hey resh, but rather what? It's written, it's written tes hey vav resh. You have, so therefore what? Therefore, it's ten letters. Ravacha Yaakov Omar, uh, Ravacha Yaakov says, Sheshisrei. Okay, he says. Really, he says we have a case where the Torah did a detour of sixteen letters to teach us 
to speak in a refined fashion. In other words, it says, Kevin Mikri who built the car, because he, he said, oh, he, he must be what, there must have been an incident. Built uh, 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 some incident happened. Built itaru. He's not clean. Kilo tahar because he didn't he didn't purify himself. And over, over there, okay. And therefore, instead of what, instead of saying mikratomi, who is an incident of unclean, but an incident, okay, it's unclean, okay. Also, what? So therefore, we'll see if you if you make up the difference, it'll be sixteen letter detour. Tanya Tanya Drei We learned, okay. A person should always speak in a clean, refined fashion. Shahari, okay, uh, uh, okay. Now uh, we know to make it simple, you know, azava or azava, two conditions uh, that happen to people. Okay, they are unclean, and the things that they put their weight on, they sit on, they you know, all these things, they become unclean. But it, but the difference is that when it speaks about the man, it talks about about rochet being astride something like riding an animal, being astride it with his legs on either side. By the woman, it talks about sitting. It doesn't want to discuss. It doesn't. And it's the same law that the Torah by the man talks about being astride an animal. By the woman, it talks about where she sits. So what's the reason? As we're going to see in one second, and the, and the reason is because refined women don't 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 ride astride an animal. They sit side saddle, except when there's a case. Even refined women, when there's no choice, they sit astride the animal. But we when we're going to speak, we're going to speak of one of the normal cases where women are, where refined women sit side saddle and don't ride astride the animal, okay, because it's, 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 a, it's spreading the legs, okay, so the answer, the, the answer is, okay, Shahari Bazav, where do we see it that you speak in refined language? The Torah did it. Shahari Bazav, when it came to the Zav Kro Merkav, it talked about what? The thing that he rides, that he's astride. Ube Isha Kro Moshe, when it came to the woman, it didn't refer to her riding something being astride, but rather what, where she sits, okay? That's number, that's number, that's why. Uh, uh, okay, and furthermore, what? Uh, and it says, okay, uh, it also says what? You should choose the language of wise people, of, of sharp people. And another part says what? He says, my lips spoke clear understanding. That, so each of those, so you've got three, three proofs, three points of the same thing. Where says, my bomber, why'd you have to tell me so many extra proofs? You already showed me from the way the Torah expressed itself by a Zav and Zav, you see you're supposed to speak a refined language. So the answer is, I'll tell you why. Why do you bring the extra proofs? Number one, if you'll say, okay, okay, we see that the Torah speaks in a very lofty language, but not, you, everybody has to do it all the time. No, you wouldn't think by rabbinic expressions you don't have to. Toshma, therefore, therefore, come and I'll bring you a proof. Omer, ah, it says another Pasuk, you should choose the language of wise people, so even by rabbinic expressions, we go out of our way to speak in refined language. If you say, okay, okay, so from the Pasuk and the Torah, and the Pasuk that you quote from of, you show me that rabbinic language, you have to use refined language. But maybe when it comes to regular regular talk, mundane talk, you don't have to, you don't have to do it. We Omer, and it says, no, we bring it about a third proof, but that, 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 that my, my lips spoke a clear understanding that you have to go out of your way to speak a, a, a refined language, even in regular old talk. I, Alicia, look, see, what Merkav, what's that? You want to tell me that the Torah never wrote Merkav, that she's astride an animal in the Torah? The answer is, the Savak Siv isn't written, isn't written, but talk on Rivka and our Gamalim, by Rivka and her girls, that says that they, that they rode astride the camels. The answer is, you're right, but there, even a refined woman would be astride an animal. So, we, so, we, so it says it because there's such a thing. We just don't normally speak about women doing that because that's not the norm, but that's a special case. Why Why would they astride the camels? Hasam, we shouldn't be too said to the Gamalim because they were afraid camels are really tall. They're afraid to fall off by camels, even refined women will sit astride. 
Orchahi, therefore it's normal for even a refined woman to do that. I have a hoxi by Ikach Moshe as Ishtov as Bonavatar. We have a case where it's not a camel. It says the Moshe took his wife and his sons and he put, and he put them astride the donkey. I how do you say that about the wife of, wife of Moshe? The answer is awesome Mishum Bonav Urchiv. No, there because of the sons, it was the it was the normal way. So already that, that's the that's the normal case. The boys, yes. I have a hoxi one second, but by, by, by the story of Abigail with David Amel, it says she was astride a donkey when she refined woman. So she was coming down. She was. It was nighttime. She's coming down a hill and she's going to see David Amel. So we're going to see. So when it says no, because she was afraid because it's nighttime. Okay, therefore even a refined woman would be astride the animal rather than side saddle. By same alternative, I could say Even if I say what? Okay, nighttime alone is not a reason to to to, to not ride side saddle. But she's afraid of David. He's, he's the king. She's begging for her husband's life, etc. So therefore she's. Afraid of Dabi, that's why she's sitting, that's why she's not sitting side saddle. Okay, the Ibaizema, or another possibility, he says, be you said the Dabi, Namilaka, we say, okay, no, even the fear of Dabi wouldn't be a reason why she wouldn't ride side saddle. We shouldn't be too sad the Harika still, but she's coming down the mountain slope, the mountainside, that's enough reason for a refined woman to ride to ride a stride and not side saddle. I think when I says one second, but you told me now in general that the Torah uses always the refined language. And he says, "Where I said, Tommy, your whole example was the Torah wrote not Tohar instead of Tommy. The Torah never says the word Tommy. The Torah uses the word Tommy all the time." Okay, so the Gemara says, no. Ellie, you forced us to like this. Of course, it's not that. We have cases where the Torah went out of its way to teach me, wherever I can, to speak a refined and lofty, clean language. But in the Torah, okay, wherever it is, it's not longer or shorter. The Torah will always choose the more refined, cleaner language. But we're using the cleaner language is going to take longer, except for it's trying to go out of its way to teach me to use refined language. Okay, Mishtai then the Torah is going to take the short language. Why? Because should always teach a student in a short way. When you teach concisely, the people that you teach remember what you taught them. And every, you want to tell me one second? You want to tell me that every place where it's equal, we always then we always choose the, the more lofty language. One second, he says. He says if if we had. Rochevis uh, Yeshevis is the same language. So why did you why did you write why did you write Rochevis? You should have written Yeshevis. It's exactly the same. So you should have already written Yeshevis instead of Rochevis. Okay, but Kamar and you said it anyway. The answer is the answer is Rochevis. But Kamar Rochevis. He still said Rochevis. She's a stride instead of sitting. The answer is Rochevis Ksiv. What's actually written is Rochevis without a vav, and therefore. It is going to be shorter. Okay. Uh, okay. Tom, okay. Hanu Trey Tommy Dev Yossi Kamei These are stories of people that are chosen, that are, out, that, we, that are signified by their clean language. Two students were in front of Rav. Okay. And Chadamar, one said, Wow, this this uh, learning, this learning session got us as tired as a as a it turned us into we were made us like tired a tired chaza, like a tired pig. Okay, but and he see he used he talked about a davracher, a pig. Not a nice thing. The other one said, no, this learning caused the, you know, this learning exercise, it, it made us like a tired uh, baby, baby goat. Rab didn't talk to the first guy. He didn't have to speak such a, such a coarse word. 
There were two students in front of Hillel, uh, the elder. And one of them was Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai. Some people say the story was different. There were two students in front of Rabbi. One of them was Rabbi Yochanan. And whoever was a good guy, he spoke in the good way. Chadamar once said, we, 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 We're not going to, we have to get in the halacha now. But the facts are that when you, that when you pick the grapes, you have to use kalim that are, that are tahar. When you pick the olives, you don't have to. There's a problem, but that's not our problem now. So when he was discussing it to explain the difference, Omar one said, One said, Why do we pick the grapes? With clean utensils, but we don't, we don't, we're not, we don't go out of our way to pick the olives with with clean utensils. One said, "Why do we pick the grapes with clean utensils?" And we pick the olives with unclean utensils. Amar so he said to Muftachani Beze, he said about about the first one who spoke in a more clean way. He said, "I'm positive." It's this person will 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 teach uh, halachic rulings in the in the Jewish people amongst the amongst the Jewish people. Well, Yami Muatim, and it was only not a, not a long time. Until he gave halach directives uh, to the people of Israel. There were three Kohanim. Omar who once said to his friends, he used to, you remember on Shabbos, they would take the old showbread from the last Shabbos and divide it up in the Kohanim. So with three Kohanim, who once said to the other ones, Higiani Kapula, I got, I got the bread, I got bread the size of a bean. He said, once said, I got bread the size of an olive. Once said, I got, I got, I got a bread the size of a lizard's tail, which is an unclean thing. But they checked him out afterwards. They looked into his lineage they found that there was something wrong with him, with, with his kahuna, because he was born from a, from a union that his father was forbidden to have. I one second, and he knocked him out of the kahuna. Okay, then we saw from the way he spoke, it was a, so they checked him out. Something's wrong with him. one second, one second, get out of here. What, since when do we ever have, do we ever check up? We have a, don't we have a rule that once a person, once a coin has come to the place where he's doing sacrificial work in the temple, we know that he was originally checked out. So, for example, if I want to marry into a family, marry a girl, and I find out that she's got a coin who sacrificed the temple, I don't have to check any further beyond him because I know he's kosher. I know the lineage up to him is kosher. So, how did they check out a coin who was who, who was already doing sacrifices? Tanan ain't both came in and was didn't we learn tonight? Didn't we learn the Mishnah book Once a Kohen was serving in the temple, we don't have to go above him, above his lineage to see anything is wrong. So how come well, I'm over here? So he says, okay, the answer is how do we explain over here that to check this guy out? One answer is Lotem Shemitz Psul. No, one was not that they found a, a something wrong with his lineage. They found that this person is simply is simply was a haughty person who de, who denigrated, who rejected the uh, rules of the, the, the sac- some, some, something in the, in the sacrificial service, okay, and, and we have to get rid of such a guy. Any coin that doesn't accept it, we have to throw him out. We saw that he was, he was haughty. Uh, the, he knows he really spoke wrong, he showed that he was unfit for the kuna. An alternative is like this. Shani Asim, no, they really did go and check out his lineage, but I'll tell you, I, how can you do that? I thought once a guy's a coin who serves, we don't check him out any further. And the answer is, when do we don't check out? For no reason. But when he himself shows there's something wrong with him, he, may, he arouses suspicion by the way he spoke, then we go and recheck his lineage. He probably didn't, we probably didn't do a good time to do it right the first time. There was a certain Aramean who wasn't Jewish. Now he can't eat, he can't eat the carbon Pesach, 
to have a Salik, okay, so he, he, came, he came, he used to go up to the base of Migdash, but he would eat from the carbon Pesach, he's not supposed to. Omar, he said, and, and this, this non-Jew, he said, no, no stranger should eat it, okay, anybody on circus, I should eat it. I got the best meat in the carbon Pesach, I got, I got everything. This is no good, but he, but he was powerless to stop the guy. So what did he do? He said to him, he says, Miko suffered me. I mean, oh, you get the best meat. He said, Wow, I don't know if they give you the best meat. Did they give you for the fatty tail of the sheep? Assuming the car best was the sheep, they give you the delicious fatty tail. I'm a lay He said, Wow, they didn't. He says, he says, he says to him, so he says, so you would have been Messiah says to me, say, see, listen, I'll tell you what to do. He says, when you go up to Eretz Israel the next time to do that, tell the people, suffer the mealia, give me, give me some of the fatty tail. He's, you know, you should give me the good stuff, give me the fatty tail. He saw the next time he goes up, he said to the members of the group of the, of the Karpesa, he says, give me some of the fatty tail, feed me for the fatty tail. Amrulay, they said to him, we don't eat the fatty tail. That's, that, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a sacrifice. It goes on the altar. But they, they realize something's fishy over here. Amrulay, they said to him, who told you about this? Who said this to you that you should get from the fat tail? Amrulay, he's told him, told me. So Amrulay told me to, to get it. Amr, they said, my high, the common, what's this in front of us? They realized, Batku Basre, they checked him out, Bashkechiyu Darmahu, they found his Aramean, he's not, he's, he's not supposed to eat, uh, okay, Bakatlu, and they killed him. We have to see why, but they killed him. Shokhalei, the Rabbi Yudim Abiseyra, and they sent a message, Rabbi Yudim Abiseyra, Shalom Lach, Rabbi Yudim Abiseyra, Shalom to you, Rabbi Yudim Abiseyra, the Atman, Benetzivan, you are Netzivan, okay, Mutsudosha, Pusa, Rishlein, but your net, and your net extends all the way to Jerusalem. You, you, you carried out what you wanted. You did it. Okay? Rav Kahana Cholash, okay, Rav Kahana became, was sick. You know, deathly sick. Shadrua Rabbanan, Rabbi Yeshua, Braid Rabidi. So they said to Yeshua, Braid Rabidi, okay, Ashiyelech, he should go to Rav Kahana. And they said to him, Zil Baduk, my dinah, go see how he's doing. What's the story? Okay? So he came and he saw that he had, that he had passed away. Okay, Karla Bushe, so he ripped his clothing. But he put he turned it around, he, he put the rip in the back so nobody should see it. He wanted to know that Rakan had died. He came along crying. Amrle, they said to him, to Rabbi Shua, he said, Did he die? Did Rakana die? Amrlu, he said, Anala come in, he says, I didn't say it. He said, I didn't say it. A person who, who, who gives a bad report, he's a fool. We don't, you know, you don't go tell people that people die. He says, okay, uh, uh, we, we don't do it. Uh, this Yochan, who was a sofer, he went out to the villages to, uh, to see how the, how the grain is doing. He also, when he came back, they said to him, did the, 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 the wheat, wheat crop, is it successful? Did it come out good? And, and it, it wasn't, he did, but he didn't want to tell them. He didn't want to say, he didn't want to give a bad report. Amar um, said to him, sorry, Nasiophus. He said, you know, he said, the barley, the barley crop was good, was successful. So they, it says, but Amar and they said to him, why don't you go give that news to the horses and to the donkeys? Barley for them was, was animal food, not people food. Go tell the animals. He says, the barley and the straw is for the horses and for the fast horses. My What was he supposed to say? What was he, he didn't want to give a bare report. So what he should have said was like this. Instead, he, he, you're right, he was right not to say the wheat crop wasn't good, but he shouldn't have, instead of saying barley was good, he should have said, He should have said, last year, the wheat crop was successful. Inami, or alternatively, So he should have said, lentils, which are people food, was successful. And we'll call that a daf. Everyone have a wonderful day. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.